You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. with and to cling to but we also have like every other construction job has we have a construction manager someone who manages the whole situation someone who manages what's going on in your life you don't know him by now he is God the third person the Holy Spirit he is our construction manager and he is in charge of the construction process he will conform us into the image of Jesus Christ Did you know that you have a construction manager? In today's message from Pastor Dave, he explains to you that you are under construction until you meet with Jesus face to face. The Holy Spirit is going to help you along the way to conform more into the image of Christ. You are a glorious work in progress. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John chapter 3 as he continues his message, Under Construction. As I thought about this, there's a man who went through this and who proclaimed this very thing. His name was Job, and he had some hard times. He had some difficulties. He had a few things go against him, go the wrong way in his life. But in chapter 19, Job says these words. I'm going to read verses 25 through 27. This is what Job says. Remember what has happened to him. He's lost everything, including all his kids. He's lost everything he's owned. And he says this in verse 25 of chapter 19. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see before see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. How my heart yearns within me. Job is saying that. Listen to to Job's voice. Hear the faith coming from his mouth. This was something that he knew. He says, I know. It was much more than a hope. It was much more than a guess. Job, Job knew this for certain. Job knew that he had a redeemer, someone who would rescue him from his crisis, someone who would rescue him from his despair, someone who would rescue him from all the accusations that have been made against him. Job knew this. And he banked on it. He knew that his Redeemer was not only there, but he was alive. And that because he lived, Job knew that he would live too. I love this. And Job says, okay, there's going to be destruction of this flesh. And when it's completely, I know by faith that I'll see God. What was he saying? He's saying that in my resurrected body, I will stand before the Lord and see God. My flesh will be destroyed. My flesh will be gone. This would be a moment of Job's comfort. It would be a moment of Job's restoration. It would be a moment of his vindication. And he would have the confidence in it, even if it came after his death. And I love what Job said. My heart is yearning within me. Job's heart was yearning. 
I don't know if you ever felt your heart yearn. It's something that happens in you that you have this long for. You can call it desire, but our desire is for more of him, more of his love. Psalm 37 says, if we delight ourselves in him, he will give to you the desires of your heart, which is more of him. That's what we desire for. Job was yearning. He was yearning for the things of God to be revealed to him. Does this describe your heart condition today? One of the reasons are you here because you're yearning to see God. You're yearning to know more about him. You're yearning to get closer to him. You're, you're yearning because you know that this life is going to craziness and there are porta potties all outside your house. Are you, are you worried because of everything that's happening? Are you in despair? Are you in crisis mode? You're yearning for God. When you yearn for God, he meets you right where you are. He meets you right in the midst of your yearning. He comes in the midst of your despair. He comes in the midst of the construction. And he says, I'm here. And I love you. And I want to hug you and hold you in my arms and tell you how much I love you. And it's going to be okay. Yes, you're going to get through this. You're going to suffer for a little while. But only for a little while. And it'll be over. See, this is what John wants us to know. He wants us to know that we too should have this hope because we're children of God. And when we see him, we too have a redeemer. One who has redeemed us and called us his own, Jesus Christ. One who's rescued us from our crisis. One who's rescued us from our despair. One who is our only hope. Christ in us, the only hope of glory. Our redeemer is alive. He conquered death. He rose from the grave on the third day. He defeated death. He defeated the grave. And he's alive. And we will stand with him one day. He will come back and get us, and my flesh will be destroyed. I will jettison this flesh, and he will give me a new body, and I will be with him forever. Wow. See, Job started that whole thing out with saying, I know. What does John say? John says, we know. Do you know that? Is that how you live your life? Do you bank on that? Is that something that you have in your heart that you really, really, truly know, but we know? Do you truly know that? And when we see him, our construction will be complete because we will see him as he really is and we will be like him. We will be like him. Paul, writing to the Roman church in chapter 8, in verse 29, Paul says, For whom he, God, foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. We're being conformed in that image. When I see him, I'll be like him. The process will be done. This process of confirmation that we're come, being conformed to, that's the construction that's happening. That's the constructioning. This is our desire to be more like Jesus. This is my desire. I want to be more like Jesus. This is the end result. This is the completed work of God, to be like Jesus. Jesus is everything we want to be. He's gentle. He's commanding. He speaks with authority. But yet he's so tender. So tender that he embraces the worst of sinners and draws them to himself. And that's what he did for me. He embraced me and drew, him, drew me to him. And this becomes our hope. This becomes what we hope for. This becomes the hope that is in us, that's welling up in, in a side of us. And we know that this hope doesn't disappoint. This hope is true because it's not based on me. It's based on him. This hope doesn't disappoint. John says that in verse 3. He says, And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. 
This hope that we have in him is a purifying hope. A hope that in any moment I will see him and I will be like him. Then what happens? This becomes my passion for living. This becomes my passion for living. This hope keeps me from doing a whole bunch of things that I might otherwise do. It keeps me from getting involved in wasting time in things that I shouldn't be doing or, or know that are wrong because I know the Lord is coming. And I know he's coming at any minute. And I want to use my time for his glory. And I want to keep myself pure and knowing that we have an eternal destiny. And, and living in this hope will purify our lives. Your lives will become more, more and more pure. When we know our end is more like Jesus, it makes us want to be like Jesus right now. I love what Greg Laurie once said a long time ago. Quote, he said, if you view yourself as sinless, you will sin less. If we view ourselves with this pureness, with this look, it's going to keep us from doing those things that harm us, those things that bring us down. This desire to be with Jesus, this desire that I have to be like him, becomes my living hope. It's what I long for. My heart yearns for that. My heart yearns for him. And I love what David Guzik says here, quote, Ultimately, our hope is not in heaven or in our own glory in heaven. Our hope is in him. We must never set our hope on other things, not on relationships, success, mutual funds, health or possessions, or simply even on yourself. Our only real hope is in him. Paul told us that. I'm going to repeat it. I said it a couple of minutes ago. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And might I add, he is our only hope. What does this help me to do? Knowing this, what does this help me to do? It helps me to live in a constant state of readiness. I'm ready. Come on, Lord. I'm ready. Avoid the rush. Let's go now. Maranatha, come quickly. I'm ready. I'm ready. At any moment, Jesus is going to return. At any moment, I'm going to hear that trumpet sound. At any moment, I'm going to be with him. And I'm going to be like him when he sees me. Living like this will definitely have an effect on the way you live our lives. It will have an effect on how we treat one another. How we look at one another with that love that Christ has come to give us. But the construction process can be hard. It can be difficult at times, but don't grow weary, saints. We have moved from good to better. But sometimes we become complacent and we settle for better instead of reaching for best. We settle for better instead of reaching for best. Well, better's good enough. Well, yeah, it might be good enough now, but don't you want the best? Don't you want the best that God has to offer? Don't you want everything that he wants to give to you? When better is compared to best, better becomes mediocre. It becomes mediocre. It says, no, don't match up. You know, sometimes in this spiritual walk, we come from a world of sin and we come to church and we settle because things are better. They're better than they were before. Yeah, I'm doing good now. And we don't strive for the best. We don't seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We don't look for that hope. We don't look for him. We're, we're settling. Yeah, I'm better than I was. Yeah, you are. Praise God. But man, what you could be, what you could be in him, that's what John's saying. These people who live like that have a form of godliness, but every time the wind starts to blow, end up right back in that sin again. 
they end right back in that sin again. And they have to be careful. Why? Because they settled for better instead of reaching for the best. Folks, I thank God that he had a plan for my life. I thank God that he has a plan for your life. And I thank God that we don't have to do this on our own. It's not an individual journey. We have each other to fellowship with and to cling to. But we also have, like every other construction job has, we have a construction manager. Someone who manages the whole situation. Someone who manages what's going on in your life. If you don't know him by now, he is God, the third person, the Holy Spirit. He is our construction manager, and he is in charge of the construction process. He will conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. Paul says such in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. He says, Behold, we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It's the Spirit who is working in us. It's the Spirit who is doing the chiseling. It's the Spirit that is bringing us, Dave, do you really want this? I say, no, put it in Mark's garage. Mark's a hoarder, that's why I said that. I'm just teasing, I'm busting on him. Do, Do you really need this in your life? Can we get rid of this? Well, yeah, let's get rid of it. Praise God. Boom, it's gone. Don't lose hope, friends. Please, don't lose hope. The construction process can be very, very difficult. But the Apostle Paul knew the construction process would be difficult. And he wanted to give us hope. And he wanted to encourage us. He wanted to help us to continue to move on a straight and narrow path to the Lord Jesus. And he says this one thing when he opens his letter to the Philippian church, the epistle of joy, when he says this letter, he doesn't hesitate at all. In verse 6, he says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Confident means he had full assurance. He had sure he was out without doubt. There was no uncertainty Paul was saying, I know that I know that I know. And I know in my heart that you will make me what you want me to be and that you're going to complete the work. Yes, saints, you're under construction right now. But when you will be completed, and it may seem like a long way off, but be encouraged to finish. Run the race. Finish strong. Continue the race. Don't give up. Don't ever lose hope. It doesn't appear what you're going, you shall be right now, but we know that when he appears, we're going to be like him. But we'll see him like he is. And the great thing about this is that I'm not doing the work. (laughs) I'm not doing the work. I'm trusting and resting in him who has it all under control. My new owner, my new manager is doing the work. And his construction boss, the Holy Spirit, is working in me. Yeah, I'm under construction, but it's doing the work. He is the architect. It's his design. He is the master builder. Remember what he told Jeremiah in Jeremiah 18? He said, Jeremiah, arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. And then I went down, Jeremiah writes, to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again on another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as the potter? 
Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Wow. See, we're under construction. We are clay in his hands as he's molding us into what he wants us to be. He decides the outcome. He decides what it's going to be look like. And sometimes we think we're getting somewhere. Look where I am. And he's molding us. And like, yeah, I've gotten this far. He's molding us. And he goes, I don't like that. <laughs> Starts molding again. You're going, wait a minute. What happened here? Things go crazy. Financial trouble pops up. Relationship problems crop up. Health problems come around. And you're going, wait a minute. Lord, you're not supposed to make me this way. Shall you tell the potter how to make it? I have control over this. He pushes the clay down and he begins again. And we scream and we say it hurts. He says, I know, but I'm going to make you into something wonderful. Just watch and let me. Is that why you're squashing me down? <laughs> Jesus says, I want to make you into that which I have called you for. And I have to get rid of some stuff. There's some stuff in our lives that need to go, folks. There's, face it. There's some stuff in our lives that got to get out of there. It might be different in every one of our lives, but there's some stuff in his life. And you can say refiner's fire all you want, but when he turns it up, are you willing to get rid of it? Are you willing to let it go? Because I hold on to a lot of stuff. No, Lord, I can't have that. We have a tug of war, you know? I want that. And he's a gentleman as a person. He said, fine, take it. But in a day or two, you'll wish you'd given that to me. Maybe there's malice in your heart that you have to get rid of. Maybe there's some jealousy that needs to be cut away. Maybe you have some bitterness that needs to be buffed out. Some lust that needs to be thrown away or taken away. So he begins to push and he begins to mold. And when things get too tough, he brings out the chisel and he starts to chisel around. And he makes it and then he buffs it and he grinds it. It's a process. The whole thing is a process. You're under construction. And yes, he puts the tools down for a season and goes, ah, let me see what you can do with that. And all of a sudden we find ourselves tripping up. And he goes, oh, come here. And puts us back on the potter wheel and he goes again. He starts making us again and making us again. In the morning time, Jesus sees us. He says, I've done, but you've messed up since I've been here. What happened? Oh, Lord, I took my eyes off you. I'm sorry, I took my eyes off you, Lord. You are my creator. Well, what do you need to do, David? I need to confess to you that I've sinned. I need to come back to you and confess that I've sinned. And then he goes to work again right away. Boom, and he starts making me again. Molding me and shaping me so he can use me in the potter's hand. And yes, he picks up the hammer and he picks up the grinder and he starts chiseling away so those impurities can get jettisoned from my life because he's making me into his image, which is pure. Totally pure. We have to remember he's the potter. We're the clay. It's his job to do what he has planned to do in your life. I don't dictate to him how my life should go anymore. I can't tell him I don't like this or I don't like that. I've given my life to him. I have been bought with a price. I've been blood-bought. And I serve only him. Brothers and sisters, don't lose heart. Know that you are a child of God. Know that he is your father. Know that he loves you with an everlasting love. Know that he has a plan for you, a perfect plan for everyone in this room. He has a perfect plan for the entire world if we would but yield to allow him to do his plan in our lives by accepting Jesus Christ, by coming to him, asking for forgiveness, by opening up our heart for him. He has this perfect plan, and he wants to mold you and shape you that when you see him, you will be like Jesus. When you see him as he really is, you'll be like him. Oh my gosh, there he is. There's my Savior. There's my Jesus. And we'll be like him. I want to leave you 
with this beautiful passage that we did a Devo on just a, a couple, I, mean, I think I did a Devo on this a couple of weeks ago or so. It's a beautiful passage. When Paul was talking to the Corinthian church the second time, and he was telling them of all the things that had happened to him, all the things that he had gone through, all the things that he'd been just beat up, and all this whole huge list of all these problems that had happened to him as he was serving the Lord. And he says this in this beautiful, beautiful scripture in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, as we're getting chiseled away, as the construction process continues to go, and the outward man continues to pray, he says, the inward man is being renewed day by day. I'm being renewed day by day as he continues to work. And then he says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Now, some of you are thinking there, whoa, hold on there, Dave. Light affliction? A moment? This bad boy's been around a long, long time. Well, to God, it's a blip. It's a momentary affliction to God. It's a blip. You have an eternal destiny now. You have an eternal view. You look at the things of eternal value now. And it's a blip. He says, your light affliction was brought for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I'm not what I'm supposed to be. I'm not what I should be. I'm not what I'm going to be. I'm sure not like I was. I'm sure not like I was. Remember Mary's words to Jesus, actually to Nicodemus? I was one way. Now I'm not. Paul finishes, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Brothers and sisters, Keep your eyes on the eternal prize. Keep your eyes on the eternal. Yes, afflictions will come and afflictions will go. Trials will come and trials will go. Hurts, pain, it all is part of the process. It's all part of the process. You are being molded and you are being shaped into the image of Jesus Christ. Be encouraged. Be steadfast and immovable in your faith knowing with all confidence that when he appears, you're going to be like him. You're going to see him as he really is. Stay strong in this fight. We need one another. Folks out there that haven't come back yet, please come back. Worship with us. We need you. We need you in our lives, and we love you, and we want to see you again. We need each other so iron can sharpen iron, so we can get through this together. Because one day soon, and very soon, we are going to see the king. We are going to see the king because that trumpet will sound. And in the twinkle of an eye, we will be out of here, gone, to be with him forever. And oh, how I don't want anyone to be left behind. I don't want anyone to come in some Sunday morning and go, where did everybody go? I thought we were having church today. Don't do that. Stay strong. The construction won't last forever. It's a process, and it will be completed. You are You've been listening to a teaching from the book of 1 John with Pastor Dave Shank on A Sure Hope. Does your heart tend to ride the turbulent waves of the circumstances you find yourself in? 
or you more of that calm, steady sea that's fairly even and consistent? Well, in this book, John wrote to his readers to grow in their zeal and love for God while refuting those who were teaching false things. There is a steadiness that's encouraged, despite the waves of emotion and turmoil that you may face. Having that steadfast focus on God and His promise of eternal life is what can help your heart be at peace and be calm. If you missed any part of today's teaching or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. Perhaps as you were listening, you realized that you have some questions about what you heard. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. In addition to that, you're welcome to email us at info at capewatchradio.com with any questions, concerns, or prayer requests. Would you rather talk to us in person? Then think about joining us this Sunday for a time of God's Word at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. All you need to know is our website, assurehoperadio.com. Thank you again for taking time to learn from the book of 1 John today. We hope you'll join us again next time on Assure Hope.